You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, tremendous trove and troop of trivia troubadours. Welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 127, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your, take a breath, quorum of quirky, quibbling, quipsters, questing after quality questions and queries, quilting cues of quixotic quotes and quizzes <laughs> while quelling quibblers and quacks. Wow. That was your best one. I want that, that on a, a t-shirt. I really like that, that one. Was that a listener-submitted one? It was a listener-submitted yeah. That was... Oh, I'm sorry, Karen. Karen's literally out of breath right now. Right, right. Wow. You can tell, because the listener-submitted ones, they go all out. Like, yeah. that was... You know? I enjoyed that one. Thanks that was to good. Uh, Adam D. Adam for, D. Uh, for a Q. A, wow. A very Q-centric mm. intro. Talented. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. Oh, and I'm Chris. So, back in our uh, portable on-the-go episode, Dana talked about porta-potties and how we there isn't an official word for fear of porta-potties. <laughs> yeah. And yes. we asked for listener yeah. submissions. <gasps> so, we have a couple here. Uh, Gabriel, Gabriel Taylor, wrote Volcoprophobia. Hmm. Volcopro, vulgus, is public. Uh-huh. Corpro is uh-huh. toilet. Oh. oh. Volgocorprophobia? Volco. Volcoprophobia. Volcoprophobia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds fear, like something from America. Volcoprophobia. Yeah. And uh, we that- have a bunch on <laughs> Facebook, too. Someone made the joke of Agora Cacophobia. Oh, it does. Pretty good. <laughs> That's from Adam B. And uh, Cameron wrote in. Kine scatophobia. Okay, I got the scat. Kine. Kine as in moving? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so okay. portable. So portable. Ah, yeah. portable yeah. poop. Okay, Kine, yeah. got it. Or it could be poop in movement. <laughs> I would know? be, I'm afraid of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you're walking. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, well, thank you guys for your wonderful <laughs> submissions. It's awesome. Thank you for descending yeah. to our level. Yes. We need yes. to yes. submit all of these to the to OED. The, yep. 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 Excuse me. Dear Dictionary. <laughs> I got a new word for you. <laughs> all right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. All right. Here I have a random trivial pursuit card, and you guys have your morning radio zoo buzzers. And let's answer some questions. Blue Edge for Geography. In total area, which is largest, multiple choice, mm-hmm. the United Kingdom, Oregon, or Illinois? Oh. Total area. Mm. Oregon. Yes, correct. Uh. Oregon. All right. Pink wedge for pop culture. Who did Bruce Campbell play in the Evil Dead trilogy? <laughs> Chris. Ash. Ash, correct. Uh, yellow wedge. What does the 19th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution give women the right to <laughs> Everybody. Vote. Oh, wear blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The right to suffer with <laughs> suffrage. <laughs> give women the, the right, right to. to. Yeah. What wow. could it be? Yeah, what could it be? Right down the primrose path for that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Purple Wedge. Which designer's clothing line has not been featured at Target? Okay. okay. You know, they always have yeah. these design sure. collaborations. Yeah, sure. Multiple, sure. Multiple well, choice. Only, oh, I thought only, like only okay. one designer <laughs> oh, oh. in the world had not Multiple been. Multiple choice. 
Isaac Mizrahi, mm-hmm. Jean-Paul Gaultier, Zach Posen, or Vera Wang? <laughs> Whoa, Colin. I'm going to guess Gaultier. Incorrect. Mm. Dana? Vera, oh. oh, Vera Wang. Yes! Yeah, no. That's what Chris is going to say, too. Too high yeah. fashion, right? Like, way too high fashion. Uh, she, Actually, they just haven't gotten her yet. What? Is she no. featured at Kmart? No. Kohl's. <laughs> okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Only because uh, Kohl's yeah. locked her down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Green Wedge for science. What is the highest possible combined SAT score? Oh, oh didn't they change it? I two thousand nine. I'm gonna guess sixteen hundred. Still, um, oh. I, I would Based have to guess when the new one. Twenty four. Twenty four hundred. Yeah. Card says twenty four hundred, okay. and of course, non American listeners, SAT is our college yeah. scholastic admittance aptitude yeah. test. Yeah. yeah. So we actually uh, learned at trivia the other night yeah. that um, oh yeah well, yeah quick shout that, out all right we that did the, yes, yes. that the uh, so uh, yeah so we had two listeners uh, from Toronto uh, come to trivia with us uh, the other night two Johns John and, and John. Um, John and John they're, they're doctors so they knew a lot of doctor type stuff. Uh, and they totally knew the answer to this question, which I think we would have blown. I think we would have, um, we would have overthought this because one. Because it asked, what does the LSAT stand for? Which I always kind of figured, oh, well, the SAT is the scholastic aptitude test, yep. and L is for lawyers, you know, so it must legal. be the Maybe legal, legal scholastic yeah. Yeah. aptitude I, test. I would, I would have guessed the same thing. It's not. It is a, it's yeah. the law school admissions test. It was Because they good. knew MCAT. Yeah. They knew yeah. MCAT, yeah. which was medical college admissions test. That kind of provided uh, the baseline for our, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yep. By the way, LSAT is a really fun test. It's just logic problems. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah I bet yeah. it is. Yeah. It's like a game. Does this person look guilty? Y-N. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here are some facts. It's like, oh, it's like the, it's you like be the jury one. Yeah. 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 Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. We love tests. I got a super good score on that one. They're fun. <laughs> and one last question. Orange Wedge. What kind of sporting event did Tupac Shakur attend just before he was gunned down in Las Vegas? Oh, oh. Colin. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was a boxing match. Yeah, yeah. Las I can't remember Las Vegas. Yeah. I can't yeah. think of many other sporting right, events right, happening right. in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, good job, brains. So this coming weekend, uh, I will be traveling to Washington, to Seattle, for a marathon that I'm running. And it's my first full marathon trail race. I've done running, like, you know, on the street or races like city races, San Francisco Marathon. I've never done a full marathon or any distance or race on a trail. I'm a little nervous. I'm not really out there and camping and hiking. To, uh, right. yeah, I'm You're not, not woodsy. I'm not a woodsy yeah. person. Mm-hmm. I think it's fascinating, but I just personally am not like <laughs> yeah. that. I'm like mm-hmm. a cat. You might like it. I, I might. See, I can see you liking this. I don't like yeah. bugs. That's my problem. I, yeah. I'm like scared okay. of bugs. Mm, yep. So yep. out there, yep. that's kind of an obstacle. So we're approaching fall, uh, end of the summer, and I'm sure uh, a lot of us maybe did a road trip outside or went mm-hmm. hiking or went vacationing. And so this week we're going to dedicate uh, today's episode to the great outdoors. I 
I spent a lot of my time outdoors uh, in Colorado doing Whoa. hiking and camping. Uh, for, uh, for There were a few summers there when I was in junior high, high school for a few weeks, and it was cool. And huh. we would do extended camping trips. I mean, there were adults there. We weren't. Oh, yeah. like, oh, we weren't okay. It wasn't yeah. like Lord of the Flies or anything okay. like that. Was this when you were a camp counselor? No, no, no. That was that was separate. Later. That you, was... you have a history with being <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. I do. Yeah. I do. Okay. The camp culture and camp mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, when we would go on these uh, Sunday hiking trips out out in the woods, uh, mm-hmm. you know the counselors would teach us how to be careful. You know, it's right, like right, right. this mm-hmm. is actual wilderness. Yeah, that's almost like the reason why I I'm scared of the outdoors. Like I think <laughs> once I was like, maybe I'll go to go to an actual national park. I went to the website. And on the website, it was a picture of a bear opening a car door. Be careful, it's bear season. (laughs) And I was like, no. No bears. I have a quiz for you guys about... Animal encounters, oh, wild no. animal encounters, and how do uh, how do uh, survive them intact? Okay, okay. So I read those. This is knowledge books. that you can use. Okay, hopefully. Okay. Great. okay, great. All right, yes. uh, we'll start with the questions about bears. Mm-hmm. Which of the following three statements is false? Okay. A. Bears can climb trees as easily as the big cats. B. Bears can run as fast as horses over short distances. Or C. Bears can hold their breath underwater for as long as four minutes. Whoa. Karen. I'm going to go with B is false. Incorrect. Oh, darn. I'm going to go with bears cannot climb trees as well as cats. Incorrect. <gasps> oh, so they, can, they can't put their faces underwater? They for- cannot hold their breath for four minutes. Okay. Bears okay. are really badass. Bears are extremely agile tree climbers. Huh. Bears can run extremely fast over short distances. So when you come across a bear, it's important to know what to do. So if you are about to be attacked by a bear, uh-huh. should you <laughs> A... Lie perfectly still and be quiet. Mm. B, shout and make yourself appear larger. Or C, slowly back away from the bear. <laughs> no, we know this. We, we, we know this. this. We do know this. we know Mike, it is, Mike Birbiglia. That's right. It's shout and make yourself try to appear larger. Incorrect. What? It depends Mike on the kind of bear, right? Me. We are generally talking about black bears. Okay. You should move. you should be perfectly still really? and quiet. Hmm. The bear will lose interest if they don't think you're a, you're threat. a threat. Yeah, they're not oh. they're not out looking to hassle with people. But as you know, we've talked mm-hmm. about like if they think you're b- between them and their cub, if they think maybe they've got a fresh kill and you're trying to poach their fresh kill, mm-hmm. you don't want to make yourself. You don't want to antagonize the bear, and you don't. You also don't want to move mm-hmm. further into their territory. Oh, so mm-hmm. you don't know if you back up. Yeah. where you're backing. Yeah, up. you kind of just li- you want to hope that it just loses interest in you. Say you uh, move on from your encounter with the bear. You're feeling pretty good about yourself. You're like, all right, that was a close call. Things are all, things are all good all right. now. Yeah. Let's say you come across a uh, confrontation with a mountain lion. Oh, right after God. the bear? Right, right after the bear. bear. You're well, face-to-face with a cougar, a mountain sure. lion. Should you, A, lie perfectly still and be quiet, mm-hmm. B, shout and make yourself appear larger, or C, slowly back away from the mountain lion? Karen. Okay, so I remember, I don't know, in high school or in college, there were those books, like those survival guide books, yeah. and I remember this line drawing uh-huh. so, so well. It's like a guy on the edge of a cliff and like a line, like a, like a puma is there, <laughs> and he takes his jacket and, and kind of like flips it up and, and <laughs> a, appearing larger. You are absolutely yeah. yes! correct. That wow. is in fact a specific tip that I saw recommended many places. You take it's the like, corners of your jacket and, and you flip, flip it up, it up over your head. Make yourself 
yourself seem as big as possible and shout and just, you know, be really yeah. assertive. And, you know, the, the hope is that the mountain lion, you know, they don't want to attack big prey. They yeah. want to attack prey they know they can kill. Yeah. And if you, if you make yourself seem large and if you seem really assertive, they're, the hope is that they're going to lose interest. In, well, that's like the opposite. They say, like, if being loud and shouting doesn't deter it, throw rocks at it, throw sticks Whoa. at it. Yeah. You want to appear like you're willing to defend yourself. All right, you've survived the bear, you've survived the mountain lion, you're going through a nice open field, and you realize... You should go home. Yeah. <laughs> you realize you are standing in the middle of a swarm of killer bees. Oh my god. All right. And killer bees are a real thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the more colorful name for you know what they call Africanized Africa, bees, yeah. and yeah. they are super aggressive bees. You're in the middle of a swarm of killer bees, you're under attack. Do you, A... Stand perfectly still and be quiet. B, jump into a lake or swimming pool. Or C, run as fast as you can. I think it's B. They I don't always like water. Yeah. They're not aquatic. Incorrect. But what? Wow. Are they aquatic? They are not aquatic, but they will wait for you. Oh my if god! You jump in the water; they will be you hovering there, waiting the for you. The main thing you're not supposed to do is stand there. Don't yeah, swat yeah, at yeah. them. You know, most people like it's your instinct is going to be to swat them away. That just makes them angrier. No, the, the <laughs> best of advice is run, run as fast as you can right. wow. because they are super aggressive. And mm -hmm. I've read they will follow you two or three times the distance that a regular swarm of bees would follow hmm. you. Like they don't give up; they really come after. After you hmm. yeah run try and find shelter as soon as you can if you're stuck outdoors there's no shelter they say run through hedges or bushes oh, tall good. grass oh, okay. uh, yeah we anything you can to just kind of give yourself some cover hmm. maybe it was like a can winnie the pooh their hive on fire all right you've survived the bees the mountain lion the bear you've made it to the coast you're going swimming. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> now let me let me preface this by saying that sharks kind of get a bad rap. All right, there are the shark attacks are really really infrequent. Mm. They really don't kill very many people. More people mm. die from bee and wasp stings wow. in a year than die from shark attacks. Okay. Let's say you make it out to shore and you find yourself being attacked by a shark. Should you? Should you a swim perfectly still and be quiet? B punch the shark in the nose. C jab the shark in the gills. B. Oh. oh, Chris. Yeah. Punch in the nose. Yeah. No. What? Son of a gun. What? Yes. All these things that TV I've learned. And movie. TV Man. and movies are lying to you. Is it punch them in the lungs? It's punch them in the gills. The gills. gills. That's what I mean. The yeah. gills and the, the eyes are also yeah. really good. You're that's trying to most... get into their body, but yep. not through their mouth. Yeah. So yeah. That's true. The <laughs> nose is a little yeah. bit. You yeah. really yeah. have to have like, a good aim. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's what I always heard too. And you know, you see it in so many movies and yeah. But no gills, gills and eyes. Gills and eyes are better. And you know, like people who have survived shark attacks point out, gills and eyes are also better because you're on the side of the shark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't well, need to be <laughs> right yeah. head on trying to, totally. hang on, let me punch you in the nose. You have survived this horribly unlucky sequence of wild animal encounters on your vacation because you knew what to do in every case. Mm -hmm. The last obstacle you face on this Terrible. <laughs> poorly planned uh, adventure, uh. you come across a patch of quicksand. Now, first, I have a question for you. True or false? True or false? There is actually no sand in quicksand. Ooh. True or false? True. Sure, true. So, I mean, yeah, it sounds like a thing. It is false. There is sand in quicksand. Okay, good. Oh, right. quick, quicksand We're... is mostly sand. All right, that was. A, I like that question because it, it was like, oh, <laughs> it was probably doesn't. It was a tricky yeah, trick. Yeah, it was good. 
Quicksand, it's mostly just a mixture of sand and water. water. Yeah, okay. maybe a little bit of clay. Uh, quicksand is an example of a non-Newtonian fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, at its most extreme, like things like silly putty we've talked about or oobleck. You guys ever yeah. mix up like water and cornstarch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it, it reacts differently at different amounts of force. Yeah. And that's where it has, to whatever degree of danger it has, that's where it comes from, its danger. So say you're hiking along, find yourself in the middle of a field of quicksand. Uh-huh. How should you escape? What are the what are the things you should do to extricate yourself from quicksand? <laughs> First, stop moving. Stop moving at all. Correct. Mm-hmm. Look around for something that you can grab onto. Yep. And as slowly as you possibly can, make your way over to that thing to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. 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 The, the the most basic rule is stop moving. Move slowly mm-hmm. because yeah. it takes more force to move with force. Yep. So you want to move really slowly. Mm-hmm. And the second rule they say is if you can get onto your back or side, you, you float really easily. Yeah. You'll float easier mm-hmm. on quicksand than you will on water because it's more dense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And quicksand is really not that dangerous at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time you'll ever get into trouble with quicksand is if you panic and start doing silly things like trying to force your Treading legs and exhaust more. yourself. Yeah. But it's, you know, stories of people being fully submerged by quicksand. Right. This is purely a, a fiction from movies the, the movie and yes. TV yeah. and Tarzan stories and things like mm-hmm. that. All right. Well, hopefully on this trip of four of us, at least one person makes it back, <laughs> makes it back to, to tell, tell the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. what a story. <laughs> the worst vacation ever. All right. So to keep the theme going of how do you survive in the wilderness? How do you? How do we get through? There are a variety. There are a few um, kind of a- acronyms and mnemonics and like little memory tricks for how to make it through um, the wilderness. Okay. And I like them. They're very cute. But um, in isolation, you you might have trouble remembering what it's for. Oh, so I'm okay. curious. This is the I forgot what I was supposed to remember. Yeah, because, oh, yeah. 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 Okay. This is, you tell me what you think this yeah. helps you remember. Yeah. Okay. How to I like do this. or it's how like to backwards mnemonics. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> how about this one? The lower they get, the nearer the wet. The, the lower, lower they, they get, get the, the nearer the wet. The nearer the, the wet. wet. Oh. The lower they get. The near- oh, is it a barometer? Like how to read a barometer in the rain? Uh, close. Is it clouds? I'm sorry. Not- yeah. The lower the clouds get, the closer uh, the rain is. Yeah. Because if the, if the clouds are low in the sky, that means they're closer Got to your yes. perspective. Okay. Low altitude clouds. The lower they get. Yeah. The Just in isolation. Way. You're like, yeah. what? Like bushes? I don't yeah. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this about? If it's brown, lay down. If it's if it's black, fight back. Oh, is oh. this a, is this a bear? Bears? Yeah. Bear attack. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, so if it's brown, lay, lay down. down. Yeah. If it's black, fight back. back. Yeah, see that okay, so that conflicts with what I it remember. Does. Again, the it does. different it, bears. Yeah, we don't really have a lot of evidence from the people who tried this. Yellow touching red, you're dead. <laughs> red against yellow can kill a fellow. Red touching black, safe for Jack. Is it colors of mushrooms? No. Is it berries? No. Yellow. Yellow, yellow touching red. You're dead. Some yeah. kind of fish, maybe? Red oh, touching black? Oh, is it uh, poisonous frogs? 
So close. You wow. guys are so close. Poison ivies and poison oak. oak snakes. Oh. oh. Okay. snakes. Okay. And it works for um, many North American snakes, huh. but not all. Uh. So just don't touch snakes. Yeah. It's yeah, really <laughs> what it general, should be. Don't mess with snakes. But here's a mnemonic if you're feeling mm-hmm. cocky. And you, <laughs> so you really have to touch the if snake. If you see yellow and red, get out of there. Yeah, that's not that's the one you should not. It's always right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, sur- survival doesn't need to be the threshold for enjoying an outdoor activity. <laughs> yeah, it's that's like, yes. Like we're like yeah. the great outdoors. So a, Here are all scenarios where not you to can die. die. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of that, if you're stranded in the wilderness, the advice is to remember stop. What does stop stand for? Oh, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yeah. Shelter? One of them has to be shelter. Nope. Ah. Tent? Uh. This is the first thing. This is when you realize you do not know what where you are, uh. and you realize you are stranded. Uh, you okay. should stop. Does like, the first one sight, mean stop? Sight or kind see? Of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what is it? it? The, the S is sit down. Mm-hmm. T is okay. think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> o is observe your surroundings. And P is prepare for survival by gathering materials. <laughs> That's a long P. Yeah, the P yeah. is kind well, of the hardest. Yeah, good uh, job, you guys. Oh, oh, good, yeah. Leaves of three, let it be. Poison ivy. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of eating poison, uh, <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about camp food. Oh, yeah. Mm, cool. So camp foods come in all shapes and sizes. Of course, you know, we've talked about, uh, Colin, you talked about canned food. So you can always bring a can, mm-hmm. canned yeah. food A can with of you. beans on yeah. the fire. On the fire. That traditional hobo <laughs> yeah. 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 Slash cowboy. Ho- yeah. Hobo cowboy <laughs> beans. Of course, canned foods, really heavy to bring with you. Yes. If you're backpacking. Mm. Yes. Very heavy. And if you're a responsible yeah. camper, you pack everything out, which means you're carrying an empty can on your way yeah. out. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. Uh... Or you can have a dehydrated food, which is like beef jerky, mm-hmm. dried fruits, you yeah. know, kind of like a, a trail mix, right. know, that kind of stuff. But then it doesn't feel like you're eating. Substantial. F- yeah, it's not yeah. substantial, right? Sure. Like, you can eat like three bags of beef jerky yeah. and get full, but really you just ate like a, a whole bunch you feel of sick It was like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have some GI issues. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah. But the other option is. Freeze dry food. Very popular in camping. Freeze drying, the process, also known as lyophilization, lyophilization, or cryodesiccation. Oh, I like cryodesiccation. But it sounds like what they do to dead bodies. It does. (laughs) It's like a CSI CSI term. You've probably seen freeze dried foods before, not just in specialized camping Mm. foods. Uh, You see sometimes in ramen. Like the vegetables, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. like the peas and mm-hmm. the corn. That uh, special K with the strawberries. Yep, special mm-hmm. K with strawberries. Astronaut oh, yeah. ice cream, mm-hmm. also freeze dried, mm-hmm. and it's hard to it's hard to describe the texture. It's kind of like styrofoam, yeah, yeah. dense, spongy chalk. It is, yeah. and that's that's mm-hmm. freeze dried. But the beauty of freeze drying is you can reconstitute it with water, mm. and it kind of reverts back to sort of yeah sure. similar to how it once was yeah, yeah. more right. so way more so than dehydrated foods. oh okay freeze dry will retain the shape right uh, yeah. it tastes better um it retains the flavor yeah and Got so it. this is why freeze drying is so popular in camp foods and 
It is super light. So light. It's super, it's like styrofoam. Let me ask you guys this. What do you think (laughs) freeze drying the process is scientifically? Like what Mm. happens? I, I thought it was just like they turn all the water into vapor just instantly, right? They just flash freeze it and it just loses the the water content. Close. Freeze drying is a three-step process that begins with one, freezing and then the food is then placed in a vacuum chamber uh, under low heat. And what happens is the frozen water crystals evaporate directly. Oh, uh, okay. So it turns from solid ice uh, to vapor gas. It's it sub- doesn't it sublimates. sublimates. Yes, it's sublimation. Yeah. It doesn't go through the liquid phase. Got it. And so it doesn't destroy the food. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This is why if you think about like, a, you know, freezing, a, a say, a piece of apple, right? You know, when you put a piece of apple in, in probably in the freezer, it's going to be like an apple ice cube. It's going to yeah. retain its shape. Mm-hmm. And then imagine taking all of the water content out of it from that frozen shape. Mm-hmm. So this is why mm-hmm. astronaut ice cream is like a perfect slab because it was cut in a perfect slab, frozen, and then all the water is just taken out and it mm-hmm. retains its uh, structure. Where or what kind of situation do you think the process of freeze drying came to be? Oh, I'm pretty sure it was the space program, wasn't it? Before that, mm. the rule of good job brain. It's Scott, either, oh, military, yeah, or poop, or poop, yeah, army, uh, army. So the thing is, I have to say, there were similar freeze drying, close to freeze drying process before used by some cultures. Like even um, in in the 13th century, there are different cultures around Andes, uh-huh. the mountain oh. range. They would do something similar with potatoes, uh. but it's not modern it's not what we call freeze drying now like they would because they were kind of just limited to how cold it got outdoors exactly (laughs) exactly um so the freeze drying process was developed in world war ii not for food but for medical reasons they needed to preserve uh blood or serums and transport them back and forth through distances and a lot of these organic materials will will go bad because it requires refrigeration or uh you know hmm. you have to be very careful of damaging the the, uh, the bioorganic stuff of, right, of plasma right, or right. serums and then this process of course then is moved on to food so surprise i have samples of <laughs> Freeze-dried camp foods right. in different flavors. I like it. Okay. And uh, I know each one of you guys have your own dietary restrictions, so don't worry. I picked the ones that are safe for you. Each person has a different dish. Mm-hmm. I want each of you to guess what flavor All right. okay. it is. All right. okay. um, and I'm going to give you both the freeze-dried version... <laughs> and the the, the reconstituted version. Yeah. Uh, you can try both while you guys eat. You know, make a mental note comparing canned food mm-hmm. or or jerky Got dehydrated it. food. All right, and you guys have your little dishes of the freeze dried food Ooh. and the reconstituted version. I love yes. it. So I mean, mine is definitely there's there's actually little teeny tiny noodles that are in here. It's got it's <laughs> it's a little brown. You know, it noodles. looks, it looks, creamy. Like food. looks creamy. creamy. Oh, there's a mushroom in here. There's uh, definitely a like mushroom. Macaroni. I think the mushrooms maybe. A, well, I mean, there's noodles. A but chicken marsala maybe. No, it's yeah. I don't think it's like cream of chicken and mushrooms and yeah. I mean, I'd have oh, to guess. Chicken. That's my guess. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> like, he looks happy. That's yeah. not bad. Right. Right, adding right. boiling water to that and eating it like out camping, that's, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, imagine I that you're sitting shivering on a log and yeah. <laughs> end of a long day. What do you think? It's like, I mean, it's like a chicken casserole sort of thing, but okay. I don't know what I would call it. 
It is beef stroganoff. Okay. Oh, it's beef cool. stroganoff? It looks yeah. like it. Okay, well, I'm glad to know that it's beef and not, like, brown chicken. <laughs> it tastes really good. Try it. Pretty good. It is good. It has like it has the mushroomy and the cream taste. It tail. does. It definitely tastes very cream and of onions. Okay. All right, Dana. All right. So the the dried version. Definitely, I see rice. I think I see meat. There's some yellow chunky things that look like egg to me. Mm. I'll take a little. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It just tastes like flavoring. Like, like <laughs> it tastes like flavoring. <laughs> Okay. Oh, the reconstituted looks like real food. Oh, yeah. I think those yellow things maybe are egg. It has rice. Wow. It has like little red peppers in it. Oh. Is it tofu I, maybe? What I I think uh, it's... Oh, I kind of have a guess. I have a guess. Okay, yeah. Let's see. Well, you bought it, Karen. Mmm. Is, um, is, 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 um, I think it's pineapple. Oh. Oh, it's what the fruit is? Oh. That could be the it's sweet. It's some kind of Asian rice meat dish. Would you call it, it, would you call it pineapple fried pineapple rice? Pineapple fried rice. It is sweet and sour pork. Oh, sweet and sour oh, okay. pork. Yeah. Oh, it looks I'll good. I'll keep eating it. It, it tastes better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Colin, you have the fancy one. Okay, so yeah. mine also has clearly looks like some dried rice noodles. Mine's very pretty in the dried form, actually. Yeah. All right, we'll try the reconstituted version. Oh, okay. I see some peanuts in here. All right, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing some sort of like Thai Thai peanut chicken. Oh yeah, the noodles bite. look like uh, noodles now. Mm-hmm. That is good. Oh. Yeah, that is, I think it's like a Thai peanut chicken or something. Must be something like that, right? It is pad Thai. Oh, okay. okay. Pad, now they make pad Thai camp food. Crazy, wow. That's fancy. So you guys are enjoying it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would, would definitely say I'm, yeah, yeah. Better than canned. Oh, definitely better mm-hmm. than canned. Totally, yeah. Because when you heat it, it feels like more like a natural heat. It doesn't feel like reheated, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're not really cooking it, right? You're not cooking it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this is a that's that cool. was a really Thank interesting you. experience. See, yeah. Not everything we eat is disgusting on this show. So there you go. Some uh, some freeze dried facts <laughs> for you guys as we digest some of this freeze dried food. Let's take a quick ad break. A word from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. You're listening to Good Job Rain, and this week we're talking about the great outdoors. Yes. How about this, everybody? Gather round. Gather round the, <laughs> the campfire. campfire. Okay. We, I, let's wrap. 
Let's <laughs> let's rap about ticks. Let's <laughs> let's let's have a talk about ticks. Okay. This is the worst summer camp ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess all of our brains just went to like, oh, the outdoors. Oh, things that can scare you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, again, I just I try to avoid nature in general. I feel like it's out to get me. Um, and here's here's a reason. So, I mean, living basically kind of out in the country growing up, Connecticut, as I've said in the past, uh, you had to watch out because you definitely did not want to get Lyme disease. Oh, yeah. yeah. You do not want to get, let me tell you, everybody, point of advice as you go through life, don't get Lyme disease. Even it's though it sounds fruity. Sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a zest. Sounds like zest. just the sort of thing you want in the summer, you know? No. Just I'm going to be so fresh. That and acidic no. sort of sweetness. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, 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 no. It's not L-I-M-E. It's L-Y-M-E. Funnily enough, I did not realize this until I started like researching this for this show. There's a town in Connecticut called, there's Lyme and then there's Old Lyme in Connecticut, L-Y-M-E. Mm. That is what, what Lyme disease is named after. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. That, that's where they didn't rename the town right yeah <laughs> getting saddled like, with that right yeah, yeah it's uh, that was where uh, many cases of the disease were first uh, sort of seen uh, in the 1970s and we're like what's this that late yeah not only was it sort of that late that it started getting picked up on like oh this is a thing but it used to be really rare and it's actually uh, it's getting more common oh really yeah the CDC oh. says they're getting many more you know uh, reports of, of Lyme disease now than there had been back Whoa. in the day. I know, right? So how do you get Lyme disease? Tick bite. Yes, if a tick latches onto you. What what kind of tick specifically? Does anybody remember this? A Connecticut tick. It is, brown, it is, brown, tick. Brown, it is something or Connecticut. generally referred to as, and interestingly enough, it's different species on the different coasts, uh-huh. but they're all lumped into the category of the Deer tick. Oh, the okay. deer tick. Now, why do they call it the deer tick? Because it lives on From, deer. Because it likes they to, like yes, deer. they like to bite the deers. What is the actual uh, type of organism that actually causes Lyme disease? Oh. Anyone take a stab at this? Is it a mm. protozoa? It is It is a bacteria. Mm. It is a bacterial, it's not a virus, it's okay. a bacterial <laughs> disease uh, called Whoa. Borrelia. Where did the deer tick find the Borrelia? Where does he get the Borrelia from before he transfers it? Hopefully not to you. Poop? No. Good guess, though. Sure. Ticks don't, <laughs> ticks don't do much. So he's got to bite it from oh. some Where's other animal. Where does he get animal? it from? Yeah. A different does blood it- tick? From the deer? From people? <laughs> no, not from... So, interestingly enough, it's not from the deer, even though that's where the deer tick spends a lot of its time. Hmm. Uh, it Treats. gets it from rodents. Mm. It gets oh. it from a little mouse or whatever. So, this is really interesting. Well, how does In that the case connect? of... Oh, I'll tell you all about all right. it. Oh, Karen, buckle <laughs> up. Uh-huh. <laughs> The mice, um, or little rodents that carry the Borrelia, the Lyme disease bacteria, they are called, they're known as reservoirs. They're called reservoirs if basically what that means is that's the organism in which the, the disease causing agent can live, but it doesn't affect that organism. Mm. Oh. The, mouse, the mouse doesn't get Lyme disease. Mm. So they don't die. They just carry it around with them. Like we have, we have bacteria that lives in our mouth and our belly button and stuff mm-hmm. and we it doesn't affect us negatively right same thing with the Lyme disease and the mouse so here's where it gets really interesting I started looking into the life and times of your average deer tick when a deer tick is looking to latch on to somebody and suck the blood out of them when they when they're like okay I'm gonna find somebody right <laughs> this is called 
and the role-playing game fans in the audience are going to love this. It is actually called Questing. Wow. <laughs> it's called Questing. And actually, it is funny. It really, the life of a deer tick does actually seem to mirror the life of a role-playing game character. <laughs> deer ticks level up. Uh-huh. Um, deer ticks gain experience and level yeah, up. Hit you don't, and, if you're basically, yeah. if you're a deer tick, you don't just sort of like go through life like, Oh, I'm a deer tick. Okay, I'll I'll drink some of this guy's blood. Okay, I'm done. I'll go drink some of this guy's blood. Do do do. Go back home, wife and kids. The the life of the deer tick is like like stages. There are certain stages. Larva, nymph, adult. Okay. Yeah. And you have to go through each one of those stages, and that means they they feed on blood three times mm. during their life. Okay. And it is it is in order to progress oh, to the really? next stage of tickdom. Uh-huh. They can't right. just stay on the same mouse and do all three. They can't. They can't do that. Really? Um, yep. You you're a larva. You find the host and you start feeding on blood. You become engorged, right? Because ticks they start at teeny yeah, tiny, yeah. and then they they blow yeah, like, oh, a, it's balloon. So gross. It's like gross. a balloon. It's like a balloon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, I took one for the team. I did a Google image search on uh, engorged deer tip. Uh, <laughs> Got a sense of this. It was not cool. Um, so they swell up with all the blood, and then they then they drop off. They mm. they drop off, and they drop back to the to the ground, and then they molt. And that's how you level up as a tick. You move from from larva to nymph. That's the first from blood suck. Ad- yeah, that's the, the first, first. That's the first one. So first blood suck. They can go a long. They only feed on blood, but they can go a long, long time without eating. So mm. they're really just waiting for that chance to like latch on, get mm. all the blood they need to to move on. Then once they're adults, they get to have sex one time and they die. There's um, got to be some payoff. Yeah, <laughs> right. So when they go questing, ticks ticks cannot jump. And they can't even like climb up. They can't even like try to fall onto you. Like, so, so what they have to do is they climb up something and they, and like Chuck Norris, they wait. They just, they stick their front arm. They, they, they'll, they'll sit on a blade of grass and stick their front arms out. And wait for a, for wait an for some unsuspecting oh dupe to walk by, and then all they can do is when if they walk by, they <laughs> just grab on. Run. They just grab on. They can't. They can't. They go jumping onto it or anything. They just have to grab on and get carried. <laughs> this is amazing too. Deer ticks have no eyes. They are no eye deer ticks. If they butt, so they can't see the prey coming or anything. Okay. But it's deer not, they ticks, can't do anything anyway. No, no, no. So may as well. They not. can detect carbon dioxide. Mm. Oh. They can detect carbon dioxide levels. So if something is coming towards them, breathing, they'll detect oh. the carbon get dioxide the gradient, coming the out of it and get ready mm. for it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, sidebar, if you have like a lot of ticks in your yard or bedroom, or you know, you have a tick yeah. problem, you get some dry ice and you make a trap. And you put it like oh put dry ice in a God. container lined with tape. And they'll just come for the they carbon will, dioxide. They, will, they come for the carbon dioxide <laughs> and they can and they stay for the tape. That oh. is wow, amazing. That is yep. amazing. That is amazing. Yep. So ticks love carbon dioxide. Is there a YouTube video of this? I'm sure there is. Oh my god. Like I almost wish I did have a tick infestation, just no, so I could I like run this no, trick really on them. No. Yeah. So why is Lyme disease becoming more common? Apparently, li- people are just living in closer proximity to deer than they were in oh. the 70s and 80s. Mm. Um, yeah. Like, it's just, there's more, you know, there's just sort of people are living, there's more trees surrounding yeah. them. We plant yeah, a lot of trees. There's more wildlife. We like have, we love wildlife. People love to live somewhere where there's a deer. Guess what? 
Population of deer, population of deer ticks, prevalence of Lyme disease, all connected, yeah. all proportional. Yeah. What about um, pets? The deer it's is the, the thing. I mean, it might be other wildlife and stuff like that as well, or other animals, but it's mostly the deer. The deer ticks, that is when they go from nymph tick to adult, they're really looking for deer. You know, they're looking for mm-hmm. deer because they just love deer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where they, they lay their eggs on the deer. Yeah. Like, that's where they actually, like, mate and lay their eggs is actually on the deer. So it's the right there in their name. But it's right there in their yeah, name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Did I tell you guys a story? When I was a little kid, sure. we, went, we went on a field trip and we had to pretend to be deer, like, and like use our fingers as antlers and, like, <laughs> um, try to pot the tree yeah. as if our fingers were antlers. And I got a tick. <laughs> I was very, very convincing deer. You were. I got. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only time I've gotten a tick in my life. <laughs> ten out of ten would bite again. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do the deers get Lyme disease? No. Oh yeah, or do we disrupt the, the life cycle? Or no, they don't. Uh, mm-hmm. you, in fact, the, yeah, the ticks can't get it from the deer, and it doesn't go into the deer. The deer. Or oh. Not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a problem for humans. Hmm. Of those stages of deer tick, it's the nymph that is actually the most harmful for us. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and, and mostly it is because, okay, one, because it's a nymph, because it's so small, the last thing it probably fed on was probably not so much a deer as it was like maybe it was a small rodent. There's a, there's more of a chance that it fed on something that it got Lyme disease for, that it got the bacteria from. Number two, they're, they're super small. They're so small. They're so small that like... You, you think it's a freckle. They're so small that you think it's like... Oh my god, like, I'm yeah, getting yeah, yeah. so paranoid no, now. Well, I mean, Garen, did you just like go running through the long grass I'm with no socks on? Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's, don't worry, Karen. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you like, you know, okay. secret hints and okay. tips to... Yeah, 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 yeah. So the adults, you can, you can see them better. According to one source I read, 99 times out of 100, a tick latches onto you. You're not going to get any sort of a disease. It actually takes a really long time for the bacteria that are in the, the gut of the tick to go, oh, let's leave. Let's pack up and go mm. and let's go. Because the tick is taking blood out of you. Right. For the bacteria to go, oh, let's go into this person it takes it seems like it takes like maybe 24 hours for that to happen so the tick would have to be on you for a long Long time time. you have to miss it and so that's why the general like after you go outside and if you're in the long grass or hiking or you know just you know check yourself check yourself really really well look everywhere how do you remove a tick yeah i was was just gonna what's the the good method here you are I, I can tell you how my parents got it <laughs> off of me. Okay. And it maybe it was the bad method. Maybe we'll it see. was. They heated up a safety pin. Yeah. And then they uh, and they stabbed it. You heat on. it because yeah. you want it to pull its head out on its own. You want yeah. to disincentivize it sure. to pop yes. its head up. That's what I always I heard. I could do that. I mean, I've, I've heard I've, using I've, alcohol on a Q-tip. I have never heard any of these things in all of my 24 hours of research. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, what it says to do is... Grab it by the head. Don't grab it by the body. Uh. Get as down low as you possibly can to the head that's attached to your skin and just pull it straight out. Mm-hmm. Because number one, if you grab the body, you might just pop the body off. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and the head and the head and the you know the little is things in, yeah, still yeah. in, it's in you. still in there. But you pull it, you pull it straight because again, you want all of it to just come out. You know, if you twist it, you might break something off in your skin. Yeah. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. just pull up and out. So. Telltale sign of Lyme disease. Not everybody gets this, but the the big indicator is the bullseye rash 
Like oh. at the site where the tick bit you, uh, you will see you'll have a red rash around it, and then like there'll be some space of clear skin, oh my and God. then a ring around it. So it looks like, uh, like a bullseye on your skin. Uh, if you see that, yeah. you're not at the <laughs> That's doctor. That's a warning yet. sign yeah. from nature. The yeah. Immediately, if you get bit by a tick and you get any kind of rash around the area. Doctor, doctor, yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Wow, Karen, this was your this was your show idea. <laughs> yeah, that no, was Colin's idea. Oh, was oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. that's okay. Just check after your marathon; it'll be fine. Okay, yeah, you'll be running too fast oh. for the ticks, Karen. They can't catch you. That's right. They lead a hard life. Like, they really you know, do. They, they lead, they're blind. They're just hanging they're on the grass, they're hoping, hanging on. Like, they have and to then, drink somebody's blood. The, then they fall right off. Yeah, and, and then the humans are setting dry ice traps and waving a flag around. Right, it's not a glamorous it's life. It's not. I feel. Yeah. I feel kind of bad. They yeah. still exist, though. I know. And then again, and, and then they and they and they mate, and it doesn't really sound fun for anybody. And then they just the the male dies instantly, and then the female waits, and then lays her eggs, and then and dies. dies. Okay. <laughs> Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right. Well, I, I want to focus on a happy, non, non-life-threatening memory from my uh, days outdoors. Okay. What item am I holding up here? Swiss Army a knife. A Swiss Army knife. <laughs> it is a Swiss Army knife. Uh, it is my Swiss Army knife. Oh. Uh, I've actually had this one for a long time. This yeah. one's gone on many, many outdoor adventures with me. I take it on every camping trip. Uh, if you've never by any chance seen a Swiss Army knife, it is a compact knife with folding tools, folding blades. They all go in the handle. Usually a red handle i have two questions for you guys okay mm-hmm. all right first question yeah is the swiss army knife really swiss oh jeez i think yes yes no it is in fact swiss swiss or the, oh, the swiss are very proud of their manufacturing all right yeah, okay. watches so here's a plus on it so yeah, here's yeah. my second question were they originally used by the swiss army no does it come by its name honestly Wait, does this do the swiss have an army the Swiss have an army. They're neutral, yeah. but they have an army. Yes and yes. This is a proudly uh, Swiss tradition. Uh, in the late 1800s, the Swiss army basically put out a call to manufacturers. They said, mm. we have a design. We want a folding knife. They had very specific requirements. The, the folding knife they wanted to equip their soldiers with had to have a knife blade. Okay. okay makes sense. It's a knife. Sure. Uh, a can opener. <laughs> And a screwdriver. Okay. And, cool. you know, knife and can yeah. opener make a lot of sense. Yeah. Do you guys want to guess what? why the screwdriver? Why did the Swiss Army insist on them having a screwdriver? I mean, this is late 1800s, remember? There's all sorts of machinery, I would... I would think, but it's probably like a very specific piece. Diffusing bombs? It was very specifically for maintaining and cleaning their standard issue rifle. Okay. And originally they were made by a German company. Mm-hmm. They were supplying the Swiss Army knives. But enter Carl Elsner... A proud Swiss cutlery maker who felt, you know, the Swiss army should really be supplied by Swiss-made knives. Oh, dang. Uh, He eventually secured the contract. Uh, This is like early 1890s. uh, And in very short order, he was making all of the Swiss army knives. Just himself. His knife knife company. company. He he and his workers. (laughs) Yes, his cutlery company. (laughs) 
And he, you know, he added a few tools, uh, kind of upgraded the handle, different kinds of wood. Uh, but Carl Elsner's major innovation to the Swiss Army knife was he designed the original mechanism for putting blades on either end of the handle. Mm -hmm. So he could basically double the amount of tools and blades yeah. and Whoa. screwdrivers and things that you could That's fit into cool. a single handle. I mean, yeah, it seems... Oh, because they pivot They on open out ends. from either direction. Oh. That's right. The very, very first ones were only hinged on one end. He came up with so many of the iconic parts of the design, the the shield and the, cr the cross sign symbol. That was a trademark of his company, the red color. This kind of became the iconic... Swiss Army knife. Like if you saw their model from 1897, you would Almost instantly you're like, oh yeah, that's a Swiss Army knife for sure. In 1909, Carl Elsner's mother, who he was very close to, she was a huge source of support in his company. She died. She passed away. Her name was Victoria, okay. and Carl Elsner renamed his knife company Victoria in honor Knox. of his mother. Hmm. He renamed the company. Victoria oh. at first, yes. But Karen, you see where this story is going. It wasn't until the 1920s that they went, underwent their second name change when the company started making stainless steel blades. Mm -hmm. uh, as you know, they originally were not, they were just regular steel. Stainless steel in the 20s. In French, the term for stainless steel is acier inoxidable, called for short inox, I-N-O-X. And he combined that into the Victoria name, Victorinox. Yeah. And that's where that name comes that's from. That's a cool oh. origin. That is a cool origin. <laughs> Technology, love for your mom, how can you go wrong? <laughs> In fact, a for a lot of people, Victorinox is synonymous with the Swiss Army Knife. They, yeah. they just assume like, oh, that is the Swiss Army Knife brand. And it's true. They, they've always been by far the largest producer of the Swiss Army Knife. Uh, a lot of people aren't aware that historically they were not the only company to make the oh, Swiss Army Knife. There ah. was also the Wenger Company, another Swiss <laughs> cutlery company. I've it's all that. fun. Get it out of your system, yeah. wanger. So the Swiss Army basically, uh, I think it, at least in part to maybe encourage a little competition and get some more fair pricing, decided to split the contract ultimately. Oh, okay. So in 1908, they split the contract down the middle of Victor what, or what went on to become Victorinox. You guys get half. Wenger, you guys get the other half. <laughs> in a move of shocking corporate civility, uh, they agreed on some very specific marketing terms. So Victorinox agreed they could advertise as the original Swiss Army Knife. Okay. okay. And Wenger agreed they would advertise as the genuine Swiss Army Knife. <laughs> wow. I love, I love the Swiss. It seems it's so yeah. fair. <laughs> so neutral. Yes, it does. It seems like a very Swiss solution. Yeah, depending on what kind of person you are, I could see gravitating towards either of those. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, well, the genuine yeah. Not the original. The original. After 9-11, the pocket knife industry took a huge yeah. hit yep. because oh. of the flight regulations on right. what you yeah. couldn't carry on plane. And I mean, you know, it makes total sense when you think about it. Yeah. It's so many travelers are tired of Why would throwing you? them yeah, away. Yeah. What's the point? I'm not going to spend $30 on I'm gonna knife. I'm going to forget. Then... I'm going to go to the airport. Exactly. And like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Throw it away. The Wenger company really took a hard hit. Yeah. They were having a hard time staying afloat. Mm -hmm. In 2005, mm -hmm. Victorinox bought the Wenger Company. Wow. Okay. Bringing all of these Swiss Army Knife, official, genuine, original, all the brands back into one family. Yeah. And so the parent company today is Victorinox. They do still market under both names. Hmm. There there are some very large, oh, comically yes. large ones. Right? I'm glad uh -huh. you mentioned that. Yeah. At the at the far far end of the utility spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, so this one I'm holding has uh, eight 
eight implements and tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wenger introduced <laughs> the giant. The giant. The, the, the oh, giant. We talked about this before. It was a trivia pursuit question. Did we? Yeah, man. It's a large number. I don't remember mm-hmm. what it was. It contains all 87 tools and implements that exist in any available of their knives. Uh-huh. It is 12 inches wide. <laughs> it weighs nearly three pounds. Uh. When all the tools are open at once, it's nine inches across. <laughs> it was designed, you know, mostly yeah. as like a promotional yeah. item. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, like you're a, you're a, a dealer mm-hmm. or, you know, right. you have one on display or you're a super uber knife uh, collector. Right. Um, it's showing it's off. Just, yeah. It is Love fully knives. functional. Yeah, it's right. fully sure. functional. They're all real. They're, yep. they're all real I, tools. Mm-hmm. The the Wenger Giant, I checked on Amazon earlier this afternoon, so these prices are current. Okay. Uh, for the low bargain price of $1,400. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the uh, Amazon sale price. $1,400 for the Giant. You will get, among other things, a compass, a fish scaler, mm-hmm. a, t- a tire tread gauge. Whoa. Because, okay. you know, when you're stuck down on the side of the road, checking sure. your tread. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, A telescoping pointer. Okay. A cigar cutter. Uh-huh. Oh, Important. Yeah. A flashlight. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I want to point out it's bigger than many other flashlights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, uh, multiple blades on this thing right. as well. It does, and all yeah. those other things, it does actually oh, yeah. cut. So I'm glad we could close with at least a bit of something uh, useful out in the wild yeah, and not, not something trying to kill you. Right. All right. And we have one last segment about the great outdoors. Dana? Yes. So I couldn't let us talk about this about the great outdoors without doing a quiz about movies about yeah! the great outdoors. Oh, okay. So I'll just close it so out. Now that, yeah. about death, now about that we're back yeah. home in the, in the safety of the indoors watching yeah. a movie. Yeah. That's uh, about this, being outside. Yeah. This is, about being outside. <laughs> this is how I like to commune with yeah. nature. <laughs> I like to watch a movie yeah. Yeah. About, about people that are in nature or a soundstage. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, for this for this quiz, I'll give you the year and I'll t- I'll give you an actor or a director and what role they played in the movie, and then you guys need to remember what movie it's from. And Whoa. all of these oh, okay. are well known. Okay. okay. Um. All right. Here we go. We're buzzing in. Yeah, we're buzzing in. All right. Okay. 1979 movie in which Bill Murray plays Tripper, a camp counselor. Colin. Meatballs. Meatballs. 2012 movie in which Edward Norton plays a scout master. Oh. Karen. <laughs> Moonrise Kingdom. Yes. Yeah. How about 1999 film in which Heather Donahue plays a documentary filmmaker? Colin. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Yes. Oh, The Great Outdoors. That's good. That's yeah. good. That's a good one. 2007 film in which Emile Hirsch plays Christopher McCandless. Uh both into, into the, the wild. wild. Yes, I love doing both because you guys say it in unison. There's like yeah. a lot of icons. And that's based yeah. on yeah. a real yeah. person, right? Yeah, based yeah. on a real person, and, and from a book, from a, a very enthralling book. Yeah, mm. 1994 film in which Meryl Streep plays Gail, a rafting expert. Oh, oh my god! Oh uh, my god! There are two rafting movies that year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Which one was Meryl the Streep? The river runs wild and. Oh my god, I love this. And movie they have like too. the same name. Almost. Which was the one? Oh. Was that with the, David Strathairn? Strathairn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah. yeah. what was it? 
This is not a river runs through it. This is no, a, that's about five. That's like about river white, runs white, wild, white water or river wild, river, river wild. wild, wow. Never. Well, what about a 1987 film featuring Kevin Bacon as a creepy wilderness guide? Oh, oh, I think we were mixing oh, up those geez. two movies. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I remember that movie. Is that like rapid? This, or... this is like there's kids, right? Yeah, and there's like Sean one of them like in it. The, he breaks his leg and oh, like, oh, leave him or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, so dark. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. it's just on TV all the time. Yeah. I don't know what this is called. Whitewater Summer. Yes. Oh, Whitewater Man, jeez, oh, yeah. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> He uh, does play a great bad guy. Right. Yeah. 1987 film in which Jim Varney plays a camp counselor <laughs> at a camp for juvenile criminals. <laughs> Ernest goes to, to camp. summer no. camp. Ernest. It's not. Is it Ernest? That fell apart quickly. Ernest goes, to, Ernest goes to camp. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest goes to camp. Yeah. <laughs> juvenile. They're juvenile offenders. You know. I, they're not like. I never saw it. Oh, but really? I remember the ad campaign. Oh, okay. Or maybe I don't. Chris has seen it. <laughs> okay. I did I did see it, yeah. but Ernest only that one time in the theater. Yeah, okay. Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> you said it was such a authority. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2004 movie in which Dax Shepard and Seth Green search for lost treasure. Oh, oh dang it. What was that one? <laughs> like w- it- wild dogs or wild... <laughs> God Ugh. No, it's without a paddle. Yeah, without, without a paddle. paddle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without a paddle. Yeah. I like how you're like, wow, dogs. <laughs> 2010 film directed by Danny Boyle takes place in Utah's Canyonlands National Park. Karen? 127 hours. Yeah. Oh. I refuse to watch the movie. That's a hard one to yeah, watch. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Dark. 1995 uh, movie where Daniel Stern is a fake scout leader. Oh, oh, oh what geez. was this one? Yeah, I, uh, I can't uh, Wait, not Home Alone? No. No. It was right after Home Alone. And it yeah. was, yeah, Daniel Stern. He was I great. I totally forget no, what this is called. No, it's like a... It's like Home Alone at camp yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I forget what it's called. Bushwhacked. Bushwhacked. Yep. Bushwhacked. That's one. Funny. Ultimate outdoor movie. 2000 film in which Tom Hanks is a FedEx executive. Oh. <laughs> Castaway. He was outdoors yeah. for a long That's time. That's outdoors, yeah. maybe. All right. <laughs> yeah. Good Going job, crazy you guys. talking to yeah. a volleyball. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> They're great outdoors. <laughs> yeah. You go crazy and get poison and get attacked by animals. Yeah. So basically, just don't go outside, yeah. I think, is yeah. the moral of this. Right. I don't, <laughs> Stay I don't know inside, you... but eat camp food inside. Yeah, I watched a movie yeah, about being yeah, outside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, camp food tastes better indoors. <laughs> All right, and that is our show. Uh, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned a lot of stuff about how not to die, uh, what things to avoid, <laughs> and uh, Swiss Army Knife, a little bit of history, yeah. and uh, experiments with freeze-dried foods. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Linda, at lynda.com. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.